City officials are rolling out new initiatives to improve community safety in Chicago. One program will provide over $5 million to residents and small businesses to help them buy security cameras and related equipment. Now, this comes in an election year when police officers have repeatedly criticized Mayor Lightfoot for being soft on crime and not doing enough to protect them. So joining us now to tell us more is Tamara Mahal. She's the Chief Coordination Officer at the Community Safety Coordination Center of Chicago. Welcome to the show, Tamara. Thank you. Tell us more about the center you lead. Well, the Community Safety Coordination Center is a location where the departments and agencies across the city that represent infrastructure, public safety, and social services are working together to implement a comprehensive strategy in support of our communities um, to prevent violence and increase safety. The, the center is going to help start the home and business protection rebate program that we just mentioned, Tamara. So why do you think that this program is a good idea? Well, the center is is really rooted in community engagement. We really strongly believe that government works best when it acts in service of community. And we've been spending about the past eight months really deeply engaging across several communities that experience the most violence. And what we routinely hear is that um, we have to be operating at the most hyper-local level. And that's really listening to the individual residents and ensuring that they have the tools and resources that they need, not only to feel safe, but to actually be safe. And and, and from the perspective of the police department, um, be able to help solve crimes. So this program really comes from the feedback that we've heard around different things that we could do, different tools that we could have in the toolbox to really provide residents with a way that they can protect their property, that they can help law enforcement solve crime, um, but also that they can increase their feeling of of safety, knowing that they have cameras, but they also have lighting um, and even devices in their car um, that they can help track. So um, we're excited about it. We think that it's it's one of the many, many tools that, that we need um, on a comprehensive strategy, mm-hmm. and, and we're excited to see where it goes. Well, you mentioned community engagement is a big piece of this. Can you tell us more about what that would look like? Yeah, thanks. So we've been working across communities, really first working with community-based organizations to sit and deeply listen um, to what their needs are. I mean, the reality is in so many of our communities, um, people have been working and continue to work to prevent violence. Um, and what we've heard is that they need better coordination. Of course, they need more funding. Um, but they also want to make sure that we have opportunities to, to be on the ground um, and listening. We're going to be sending out staff to walk blocks um, and really talk with residents to help plan and do workshopping around how we can help improve their blocks, what other types of resources are necessary, how we can help to build up block clubs. And, of course, we just completed six community safety town halls as really a first step towards that more public engagement yeah. um, so that we can we, we have a chance to listen and identify what people's concerns really said. Now, as we know, many murders and crimes remain unsolved here in Chicago. So I want to play a clip from Mayor Lightfoot explaining why she thinks that this program will help. When something happens in a particular location, detectives and other police officers will know where to look to find camera footage. So Tamara, community members are often 
reluctant to share information with police. So how do you hope that the program is going to help address that issue? Well, a, a couple of things on that. I think one is um, we want to make sure that first and foremost we have, we're using the technology of today and enabling an empowering community to be able to, to help. And that, that has to start with giving out cameras. But I think Outside of that, we think that this is a way where with the Chicago Police Department, knowing the location of your cameras ahead of time, um, being able to contact you behind the scenes, if needed, to set up an alternative location to meet with you, will make a lot of our, our folks more, more comfortable in providing information. But I think we also have to remember, and, and Superintendent Brown has talked about this, that camera footage helps solve crime faster um, and so um, it, it becomes a valuable tool outside of witness testimony that the police department can use to solve crimes. I'll also say this, you know, from the perspective we've talked to quite a, to quite a few folks in community, mm -hmm. and if you are the only person on your block that has a camera and the police suddenly end up with footage of a crime happening, it's not a secret as to who was providing that footage. But if we're increasing the number of cameras on a block to five or six or, or so forth, um, then the likelihood of someone knowing that you were the person that provided that footage goes down. And so we see people feeling more comfortable. And that, that we look at as, as, as building better neighbor relationships, but also um, ensuring that there, there's a block-level approach to saying this is not going to continue to happen here um, in order to increase safety. Yeah. Well, tell me this. C cameras have to be registered with the CPD. And you've said that folks aren't required to share footage with police. But will there be any penalties or, or legal ramifications for people if they refuse? No, absolutely not. This program is built um, to be a tool to the Chicago Police Department. Um, we are asking people to share the location of their camera so they can be contacted. But please don't direct access. And no, there are not going to be legal ramifications if they do contact you and ask your footage and you decline. Absolutely not. Okay, so police can get a warrant for footage, though. That's possible, but that would occur in normal um, circumstances today, regardless of whether they knew you had a camera or not. It's important to remember that today, if a crime occurred on your block, you would have police officers out there going door to door to see if people had camera footage regardless um, and be asking and if they had reason to um, potentially pursuing that through legal means. Um, so that's still part of a normal criminal investigation. Um, our hope is that this allows us to solve crime faster um, by increasing the number of cameras. But if you decline footage, that's no different than it would be in the typical process today. Mm -hmm. Some folks might see this uh, this program as just a Band-Aid and that it's not getting to the root causes that actually lead to crime. What's your response to that, Tamara? Well, we, we would say back that this isn't the only thing that we're doing. We understand that. The reality is that the violence that we see in our communities is a symptom of root causes, as you mentioned. We have to be implementing long-term and short-term solutions at the same time. Um, so when we look at community blight, when we look at the lack of opportunity for youth, when we look at the lack of long-term employment, um, and we look at the trauma experience in these communities, we have to be implementing long-term solutions with big investments in order to properly address those. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be putting short-term solutions in place, giving people access to resources like these in the moment, 
to help us solve the crime that's happening today. And that is the city of Chicago's approach. This is a public health approach. We do have to provide opportunities like this to stop what's happening right now, but we are deeply invested in ensuring that we are addressing those root causes today, tomorrow, and years into the future with comprehensive investments. And to folks who are concerned about heightened surveillance altogether, what's your response? This is a voluntary program. We understand those concerns. If that is a concern, you do not have to uh, purchase a camera through rebate, um, and you don't have to provide your information to the Chicago Police Department. Um, As a reminder, though, again, this is not a program where police will ever have direct access to your cameras. They must request footage. And so really what this is is an opportunity to say, if a crime occurs on my block, I'm willing to be contacted to see if I can help. Tamara Mahal is with the Community Safety Coordination Center of Chicago. Tamara, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Let's turn now to Peter Hanna, advocacy consultant with the American Civil Liberties Union of Illinois. Welcome, Peter. Hi, how are you? Doing well. You've been listening to our conversation with Tamara. What's your response to what she had to say? Well, um, you know, my response, perhaps not surprisingly, is that I, I disagree with a lot uh, of what uh, Thomas said. You know, first, this is not uh, a Band-Aid at all. In fact, it, it's another wound uh, police are inflicting on communities, on privacy, on our rights, on the trust that we are supposed to have, you know, for our communities and for police. Um, and we have a number of concerns with this program. So dig into those. What are the privacy concerns that you see? Yeah, I mean, I think right at the top, I think most people know Chicago is already one of the most surveilled cities in the world with more than 80,000 integrated cameras available through um, you know, the Office of Emergency Management. Um, in fact, we know that you can walk up Michigan Avenue from Roosevelt all the way to Oak Street and be on camera for the entire two-plus-mile walk the entire time. Yet we hear constantly the need about increased safety. But we have a history, you know, many years, uh, showing that increased surveillance does not lead to less crime. In fact, we know that in CPD's case, crimes like murder, the clearance rate has actually gone down. All of this has happened as we've become a much more surveilled city. Secondly, it's baffling at a time that so many people are experiencing significant economic hardship. The city effectively wants to send public money to private companies like Amazon and Google Mm -hmm. to incentivize people to surveil their neighborhoods and their neighbors on behalf of police. And lastly... Anytime you're looking at a program where the police are affirmatively asking the people to spy on each other, even if it's, you know, quote unquote, voluntary, all sorts of alarm bells should be ringing uh, in our heads. Now, this is ultimately creating the temporary illusion of greater safety at the cost of real rights. So to your point, are there ways that, that folks can opt out of being recorded if they're, say, walking by a house with a security camera? I mean, that's, that's the problem. Um, if I have one right outside my house or even inside my house facing outside that's not really visible uh, to, you know, the people outside, I could be walking you know, with my partner, with a, you know, walking a dog, with my friend. I might be having a conversation, and that can get caught by a camera that I don't even see. And one of the big problems here is that many of the constitutional rights and protections that we have come to expect, uh, you know, 
from police, you know, the right to be free from unreasonable search and seizure under the Fourth Amendment, et cetera, they do not apply to private actors. I mean, this is why you don't have a First Amendment right to shout anything you want in your office, right? Mm -hmm. So while, while police typically do need a warrant to go in and surveil someone, if your neighbor is using a security camera that happens to catch every time you drive in and out of your driveway or walk in and out of your house or maybe catches a bit of your house or catches conversations you think are private, there's no constitutional protection against that. Mm. If that ends up in police's hands, you know, it can lead to many, many terrible things down the road where they've basically found an end run by contracting out, you know, illegal searches and review of, uh, of surveillance to private citizens. Yeah. And, uh, and to that end, some folks on Twitter have been saying, you know, we don't want to live in a surveillance state. But, you know, you mentioned in many ways we already do. We already do. But I think what, what's really sinister about this is, you know, the, we all want to live in a safe place. We all want you know, crime to go down. We all want everyone to, to obviously have police they could trust. But the idea that uh, we will actually give money to the private companies from the public coffers so that the people of the city can increase the amount of video content and audio content the police have access to. I mean, again, it's just the illusion of safety at the cost of real rights. And it deepens uh, the surveillance state to a degree. I mean, we already know that police have access to about 10,000 privately held cameras and you know, commercial facilities, stores, etc. Mm -hmm. But this is an attempt to deputize people, individuals, by giving them this, you know, just all you have to do is go online, register, let us know you have the camera. So what happens when police end up at someone's house yeah. uh, mistakenly? What happens when police end up arguing that, you know, they need that footage, but they don't have a warrant and someone resists? What happens when they go to Amazon or they go to Google or they go to any of these other companies, you know, that make these cameras and they demand this information? We're just setting up, you know, the, this precedent for, you know, individual, you know, private citizens surveilling each other on behalf of police in the hope that perhaps this reduces crime. And it's, it's unfortunately a false hope. We need to invest in communities and the city shouldn't proceed with this until they've heard from communities that are deeply affected by over-policing and surveillance. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, how would you alter the home and business protection rebate program if you could, or would it just not I mean, exist? It, yeah. I think the, the, the best case scenario and the correct scenario is that this should not exist. If it is going to be a path that the city is going to go down, there should be significant opportunity and real opportunity for people from communities to be, you know, to share their concerns, to hear those concerns, and to maybe have a, a program that's tailored much more to those concerns. Right now, we don't really have many of the details of the program. They're pretty scarce. It's unclear how the registration information will be used, how it can be used, whether police will later seek automated access to these devices from the people who own them. Um, I know in the case of Ring, the Ring doorbell, there's a program that's pretty well publicized where people can opt in to effectively be part of a neighborhood watch. So it's providing consent to police generally to access the footage as needed. It's not hard to see that a similar program might come up as a result of, of this $5 million investment in uh, you know deputized private surveillance on each other. Yeah. So I, I, would, I would delay it. Uh, I would get significant community input. Um, and then if, if they had to proceed, and I don't think it's a good idea at all, I would make sure that there are safeguards you know, from start to finish so that this information is not being misused and this program is not being abused, which unfortunately is, you know, what always tends to happen when we just pour money into private companies' hands and pour technology into problems that are not solved with technology but are solved with investment in communities.
We'll have to leave it there. That is Peter Hanna with the American Civil Liberties Union of Illinois. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.